What the fuck do I need you for? I, I got my phone, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I like it how you um you sent me the email and you're like we got a new single coming out um but I I'm not here to talk about that. Uh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like that's I was, like a reverse it was marketing. It's so thing. funny man. I was in, yeah. in I was in marketing mode essentially. Right. I was in you know sending all those sort of standard emails um and just kind of changing them and I was like wait we should just totally do something together on this podcast because it's a it's awesome and b we're like so in parallel um right. yeah <laughs> so it was yeah, hilarious to, to pitch the well pitch the song it's like hey you should know about the song but also let's do something together yeah I just like it how you're like uh, we got the single out but we're not wanting, we don't want to talk about that and I was like that's the most innovative you know, <laughs> marketing plan I've ever heard of I think I think it was like as I was typing it I was like wait hold up hold up hold up let's not pitch this song to, I, I didn't even scrap it I was just like I'm going to change this, the, the direction of this email now I'm yeah. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to change the story but we should mention the song because I think when you emailed me it hadn't come out yet and now it has come out it right? has yeah it's yeah. two weeks old now right <laughs> yeah i mean Super i think fresh. it would be hard not to because it's pretty relevant to everything we're doing right, right exactly that's moment. true that's yeah. true well that, i mean yeah i mean i picked up on that because i've I read the lyrics and checked it out it's a beautiful song really really you oh, know, great awesome. work on it Thanks. um produced i mean um impressed to see that you produced it too which is yeah which is awesome oh uh, you know like I, i've been in band since uh before i came to the country which is 2012 right. and um you kind of just you take on the role of a producer if you're in a band mm. at, at any capacity. If you're a band, mm. if you're a bass player and you're maybe you don't speak up too much, but you're still part of the band and you're still shaping the sound, it's still producing. So you're still thinking of what is best. How, how can I best serve the song? Like, am mm. I going to shred a solo or am I just going to play root notes sort of thing? Um, and yeah, that's slowly and steadily changed into i mean it kind of set me on a path of producing i'm not solely producer i don't think i could do that right. i would get it would take away the magic for me and um i wouldn't be able to make a living off it i think <laughs> um I, 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 and, and in saying that i haven't thrown everything i have at following that career path which is kind of tricky because that's what both jamil and i do is we freelance so it's um we're kind of jack of all trades in that sense which is great yeah. fun but also you're never the best at anything. You know, there's exactly. always someone who can do a better job at producing, for instance. But I don't know. I just, I absolutely love producing. And um, with this track, for instance, like, and and slowly as I went through sort of bands and worked with different bands to, to give more freedom to all the players, like, hey, you know, like, I want you to take pride in your guitar, like your guitar part and mm. your drum part. Like drums often drummers can be so shy and say like oh just tell me what to play right um and dean our, our, the drummer in, in marmalade is a session drummer you know what i mean so uh, i definitely was wearing the producer hat then but uh, giving way more freedom and it was in tom broom's studio it, actually, it, yeah, it is, a, that, is so. a session drummer in his usual line of work yeah not in, in marmalade in marmalade yes. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah that's so yeah. important yeah and it's really cool to just give everyone um that freedom but to sort of still as a producer um be there on the sideline to say like oh that's really cool can we maybe try that but in this way so mm. it also serves the rest of the instruments of course the challenge though is if you're playing in the band um worrying about what you're playing but also having a bird's eye view on the whole yes. sound mm. right yeah so. i think it kind of fell naturally though even to the point where we're like applying for funding and i'm like oh couldn't i put you down as um like producer and he's like oh you don't need to i'm like yeah, you definitely produced it. He's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I guess I did. Because it's like, you know, it's usually when you outsource a producer that you're like, hey, can you specifically produce the song? Right. But it's, you know, that just happens to be your natural skill set, which is what we all kind of say, produce it in a direction sort of sense. Like yeah. we all sort of shape the song. Sure. Yeah. But I was yeah. like, yeah, well, you did sit at the computer and record all of us and edit all of that recording and then like put effects on it even if you took them all off to the incentive the mix engineer you yeah, still I mean, like, I guess it's like shaped the song in terms of like balance mm. and you'd often be the person that's like oh now that it's all recorded i actually feel like there could be some extra chugs here or some right. extra this yeah. here like we all do have those perspectives but you i would say take the main producer role in the sense that you're you're sitting the person sitting in front of the daw with the stems yeah, Making I mean, there's so together. many. There's so many. Produ producer is a word that gets thrown around a lot mm. as well. Mm. Um, you know, you've got like your typical beat maker producer with that 
that a top liner comes to and then sings across or you've got more of uh, a recording engineer who who drives the ship and, and just presses play and, and well much more than that obviously but like has the mic choices and that kind of stuff and, and shapes it tonally yeah um and then now it's because it's all bedroom producers as well right uh, it's kind of the in between like hey like i'll sit in the room with you with the artist for say uh and i do that as well aside from marmalade so it's like that came into it a bit a bit as well so for instance like when we did the solo or the lead guitars like rather than liam just recording it at home it's like hey do you want to just come over to my place mm. we'll record into a fairly similar interface and stuff like it's really not all that different but we'll just kind of workshop it together yeah in exactly. the room and then and then yeah how does it so, but but still like liam has so much like liam has all the freedom in the world and shout out to liam it. by the way as well yeah, yeah. The, the, the solo the, the solo on the song's awesome yeah it's yeah. Super yeah. clean eh? it's, it's, yeah. it's such a good song. everyone yeah. definitely has a lot of creative control over their individual yeah, parts sure. right um and i think it's almost unique in this in the way that we all also have a bird's eye view on it mm. like we yeah. all do um, have input on other people's parts as well, which right. I think is quite interesting and cool. I think personally, mm. as someone who's had like solo projects in the past and then played with bands for my own music, mm. I really like being in a space where, you know, I think if you've got more minds, it's just going to be a better song. Right. Totally. Because you can only think of so many different things in your own mind and yeah. then someone else will then come in. So with five different perspectives on what we could do to make it good yeah. and then five verifying opinions of, yeah, oh, yeah, that's the best thing. Exactly. It ends up being the best end product. I well, think. I often say that if you, like, if you create a demo by yourself and you record all the parts in, mm. even if it's really well thought out and you're really happy with the piece, it's just your own personality on every single layer. Definitely. Yeah. Whereas if you get different people to play exactly the same parts, you know, even if they follow the parts really true, all the little subtleties will be different and then the whole song kind of yeah. opens up, right? Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. And and we try to stick as, as closely to the um, the the magic in the room recording type thing. Like, mm. that's such a... I mean, that's such a, a do, thing to do you sign mean you record to. like in a, in a group? Like at no. one? Well, no. the the idea is like that was the the best thing, right? There's this right. magic about it. Mm. Uh, I'm just doing air quotes for anyone <laughs> listening at home. You can't see my hands, but yeah, like that's the best sound or whatever, you know. And mm. and people really froth that the the studio magic and stuff like that. And so we kind of mimic it by making a quite planned out demo, then going into re- just record drums and play a really good sounding demo to almost like to Dean essentially well of course like he's part of it at that point, not yeah it's a guide yes. track yeah. yeah for sure and then of course Dean in his ears when he's listening on headphones while he's drumming has like this really good sound and then he's going to play way better mm. right. exactly and then and then actually we end up re-recording everything to Dean's drums because they're now the best sounding drums yeah mm. and then now we can yeah record like and, uh, yeah. it's the energy right cuz he he plays like way more energetic than I can ever mimic. Not that I'm ma- mapping out drums or anything. It's mostly just like, hey, here's all the guitars and bass and vocals. Like, mm. let's let's track the. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We mm. always try, and that's I think what that is also what becomes helpful recording things in the same room as somebody else yeah. rather than just at home because you have other people's energy to go off and exactly. other people can notice things like, oh, that was good, but can you do it again with a bit more oomph? Yeah. You right. know, whereas yeah. if you're just at home recording it yourself, you might not notice those yeah. things because you can only have like an inward perception of yourself. You can't see what other people can Plus yeah. there's all the, those little sort of subtle things that someone will play and you pick up on and respond yeah, to yeah. and there's sort of a bit of improv even if it's yeah. not that kind of jammy thing, but, you know, it's still there a bit. Yeah, Sometimes. Yeah. I don't think it's so much in Marmalade's case because we mostly do that in practices and then mm. sort of, especially for a recording, we kind of deep dive into the song and go like, okay, mm. what are we actually going to sort of put to tape? You know, Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, what right. are we actually going to write down? It can happen with BVs though sometimes. Like, you'd be doing one harmony and you'd be like, oh, wait, we could also do this. And then often yeah. we'll be like, oh, we'll, let's just do it. And we'll just have it there, and we'll listen to it back later. If we don't like it, we'll just delete it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fun being. It's good being being able to try stuff like that mm. these days without always being on the clock in an expensive studio. It's great. Right? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That to me yeah. is the biggest bonus of recording things yourself is having that time. And the scariest thing about hiring recording spaces is the like crunch time. And right. It yeah. can sometimes eliminate a little bit of that magic because everyone. Unless you're really good at it and done a lot of times, it just creates a bit of anxiety and mm. nervousness over like, oh my God, I've got to get the good take. I've got to get the good take. And right. you're not really relaxed because being relaxed is 
probably the most important thing when you're going and being prepared and then being relaxed. Like, exactly. Even yeah. if you're super prepared and you're not relaxed, you're not going to be able to play what you've prepared. That's a good um, point. And I think that sort of defines like a pro, you know, mm. someone who can mm. go into a, 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 a lot of time like that, be prepared, stay calm and be chill, um, but execute and land the take mm. and get it done. And you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it Dean, takes time to get to that though. Yeah. Mm. Dean's yeah. actually like a bit of a legend in that way. Like he, mm. he really powers through things regardless of how he's feeling and after that drum recording he's like oh i don't actually like this is like way after like recently um and he's like oh i don't actually know if that was like my best day i actually wasn't having the best day when i was doing this drums i was like bro you couldn't tell (laughs) because he's really good at putting it behind him and just focusing on the music and he's Mm. he like is he practices really hard yeah. and he puts a lot of time into knowing something. Right. And he even yeah. said to us like a few months before we did do the drum recording, we had like a day book day booked. And he was like, honestly guys, I'd actually be keen to have a bit more time just to like, we thought he was doing like, that was sick, but he was like, I actually, I actually don't feel confident mm, about mm, it yeah. yet. I'd rather have a bit more time, nail it and then just be able to smash it out. Cause we wanted to smash out all five tracks in one right. yeah. drum day. And I just really admire his ability to, knuckled down on something and to know when he's like got that down and, and uh, to put his like emotions behind him and just focus on mm. on mm. the music yeah. and, and his um his self-critiquing like that is mm. obviously part of his process like at the what what frustrates me is when you talk to people who don't care mm. and like man whatever you know but yeah. when you talk to people who are who are thinking like that and talking like that it's like it's okay good you care you're trying you know mm. and a performance of course it is a capture this is how, how i've changed my view on it is that um, yeah, I could probably do better if I recorded on Wednesday instead of Tuesday, but the recording date was on Tuesday, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's now when it was done and that's the capture and that's it. Yeah, you do have to find a balance because... Um, Drive yourself nuts. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to be constantly like, oh, I'm going to be better, I'm going to be better because yeah. you're never going to be total, perfect. There's a for sure like a perfectionist loop, right? Mm. You can Everything can always be better and even, I mean, people with whatever platinum heads will go like, oh man, if only I'd played that note differently, I would have had... I don't know triple platinum or whatever right <laughs> that's the old yeah. joke though isn't it if you turn the hi-hat up would you know make it a number one single debating over mixed things yeah. you know? pretty much. You've, you've really got to make these calls when you're recording things yeah. it's like okay we do want to put in as much effort as we need to put in for it to be as good as it can be right. but there's also a point in which we need to decide that it is good enough mm. and yeah. that's 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 good enough for it to be good enough is good enough and that we're not like being like oh we you know because otherwise yeah. it's never gonna you're never gonna finish it well it's a discipline i think to go this is the end it's now done mm. yeah it's in the bag we're done you know it's a collective decision as well because if you're making music in a garage and you really don't care about how well it performs or something or how high it charts or how well it sells just put out music and be put out stuff that you're happy with because it doesn't need to be perfect, perfect, perfect for you. It needs to be perfect for the band. Otherwise, it's not going to live on. Exactly. Thing. Mm. Yeah. 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 So so how much does this band talk about lyrics? Because I assume mm. you write the lyrics, right? Uh, we do. It's like pretty collaborative, but I would say that I write predom- like the majority of them. Yeah. That's kind of changed over time. Like, really? Um, yeah. When yeah. it started, we started off... Um, with a couple of your songs because you already had them ready and they didn't yeah. serve your solo project. So we brought them to the band and yeah. that's how the band formed. And then there was a few more songs that I'd written most of, yeah. say like a verse and a chorus or mm. the verse and the pre-chorus and not a chorus or whatever. And then brought them to the band and we sort of workshopped the rest together. Mm. Um, but I would and say that I, yeah. The th- Liam, you and I lived together for a while. Mm. Right. So we wrote a bunch of it together pretty much the first year of marmalade we lived together so the whole process i'd say the whole process is collaborative in the sense that like we are writing the lyrics often in the same room Mm. but i would say that like a lot of at least a lot of the thoughts from you know brighton and the songs that are going to be on our first ep are kind of like thoughts that have come initially from my consciousness if that makes sense (laughs) yes even if i might have like brought them to kun and be like i have this idea and kun will actually be like oh what if we do this melody or this could be a cooler chorus. It's like fundamentally, I yeah. think, from yeah. m- maybe my experience of the world. It's and that's what's really, changed over time, I it's think. It's really fun songwriting in that way because a song will be far from finished, mm. right? So I have a verse and a chorus mm. and the concept of the song is there. Like, hey, for Brighter, for instance, like, oh, well, it's this unattainable sort of feeling of, of 
or, or never feeling good enough. And it will be different mm-hmm. for everyone in the band, right? How, however that's received or however that translates into their, um, yeah, their emotions and their feelings. Mm. Um, and it's a really fun songwriting because now we all have this sort of common understanding mm. of the concept and then we write lyrics to that concept whereas that's now not the exact same concept that was formerly only mm. in, J- in Jamila's head right yeah. yeah so it's really cool like that. but well, definitely most of the lyrics come from a combination of Liam Kun and I right sure, it, yeah. it's great because yeah. I mean I've I've been writing lyrics a long time mm. and I've also <laughs> sure. seen a lot of, I've read a lot of lyrics over the years and you get to a point and maybe you guys relate to this as well where you kind of go oh yeah you read some lyrics and like they're sort of all the same you know mm. yeah cookie um, cutter yeah, yes, people re- so. repeat writing styles and mm. themes and stuff a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I'm not just saying this, but I really like your lyrics. They're mm. just they say something different, you know. They're, I appreciate they're, that. They're really unique and they feel a bit punk rock to me mm. in the all, <laughs> in, in good way, you know. Yeah, no, it's yeah. funny that you um, say that. The next single will be very punky. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The lyrics are probably my favorite thing. Right. I yeah. I really I love words. I've always loved words. Like mm. even bef- when I started playing the guitar when I was younger, I would write little songs. I have like songs from a diary when I was like 10 or nine or eight. Brilliant. Yeah. Very dumb generic songs at that <laughs> point. But I think, I don't know. I, it's like hard to describe, but for me, like something in my brain, there's so many boxes to tick mm-hmm. when I'm writing lyrics. Yep. And sometimes it's really hard to convey to the band. Like someone will say that. I'm like, yes, but what if it was like this? And it's so minuscule different that everyone's like, it's literally <laughs> the same thing. But to me, it's about like how it feels. I'm, quite a storyteller so like the story often has to make sense to me Mm, and mm. like we're in a place and a time and there's a mood and there's a character and I'm following that journey and everything sort of has to make sense to me in this world um and I yeah I don't know I have a lot of focus on lyrics and I think about it a lot so and I know yeah I know what you mean that you say that no I mean it and and I know what you mean like sometimes it's just just change this one thing and it works or if you don't change it it doesn't work and you know it's corny this way and it's really interesting that way yeah, and absolutely I, I find it hard to write lyrics with other people mm. so i'm now really fascinated <laughs> with everything yeah. you're saying but i mean uh, again so many times i read lyrics and they just i mean sometimes they're very nice poetically mm. or whatever and but you kind of go oh yeah and it, you know how something just doesn't stay with you mm. but straight away i'm looking at the lyrics for bright and it's really making a statement and just before i i mean just before i carry that thought on i also um checked out the song caffeine and caffeine high. Yeah. yeah. Is it called caffeine high? Yeah. Um, caffeine the, high, yeah. The, um, the lyric that really stood out to me was, let me show you a photo of my daughter. Damn, she's a lawyer in the same age as me. <laughs> Where did you find these lyrics? This is crazy. I was playing um, uh, the I was playing Bright on uh, the SoundCloud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, then, and then it rolled over. Yeah. This is, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, this is yeah. our secret little playlist that, ah, uh, yeah, that yeah. I don't, I, I only sort of send out um, <laughs> when I'm like reaching out to, to, to collaborate right. on some fun okay. stuff like, like this. We yeah. can totally talk about it though. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I know that's not the main point of why we're here, mm. but the reason why it hit me <laughs> is because that's exactly my experience. When I started out in music, yeah, yeah. Right? my family and friends were all traveling and getting degrees and yep. their life plan mm. was all worked out. And I dropped out of school and I was broke and I, my life was a mess. And I was yep. no one had any reason to have any faith in me. Mm. And it took me a, quite a long time to get on my feet, <laughs> you yeah. know. And I was, uh, and that's how I felt. I felt like, you know, I just didn't stack up in comparison it's, to anybody. Yeah. Metaphors are quite you know? fun. Like, well, not even metaphors, sorry. Like, like they're really fun. It's, it's a really one, fun way of saying that. Because you could say like, oh, no one appreciates the work I do or like this isn't a sustainable career or Mm. uh, I'm not even sure if this is a sustainable career and you could say that very (laughs) upfront and it sounds exactly right it doesn't work it doesn't work and so by playing because it becomes like self-pity at that point doesn't it it is and and by putting it into the shoes of a barista who's Mm. that's what the song is about who's pouring coffees uh, and getting you know serving these like customers are like oh wow you should totally catch up with my daughter who's like she's your age she's a lawyer you'd love her it's like (laughs) sounds like you're more proud of her than you will ever be of me yes exactly yeah one of my favorite things to do with lyrics is draw a comparison between two things that says what you want to say without directly saying Mm. what you want to say if that makes sense right so I like to paint a picture that you can imagine yourself being in that explains a feeling mm. without 
saying the feeling, if that yes. makes sense. Mm. Yes. I, I once heard someone describe lyrics as, as finding a way to say the things you couldn't usually say. Mm. Yes. You yeah. know, and, and because, of course, if you could usually say it, just say it. Mm. You don't need to write a song. Yes, <laughs> yeah. totally. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, how many times can you be standing there in that kind of environment and say that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. It wouldn't true. work. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I get – I used to work in a coffee shop for a long time. Right. And um, people coming in and saying things to me. And uh, because you're a barista, it's often like an uh, – people see it as like an interim job, mm-hmm. like something you do in the meantime before you do whatever mm. you're supposed yes. to do. So people often ask, oh, so what are you, you going to do afterwards? And, yes. You know, you get so many different responses, but most commonly when you say like, oh, I do music. It's like, <laughs> oh, cute. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah. nice. I've got, yeah. A re- I've got a really good friend who's a nanny and um, she's in her 30s and she's really happy being a nanny. Mm. But same sort of thing. People see a nanny as a stepping stone job. Yeah. yeah. And she's just decided this is what she wants to do. So yeah. she's now awesome. a professional nanny and she's yeah. t- she's made a choice for her life that makes her happy. Yeah. And But yeah. it's funny, she's always up against that, you know? Yeah, and I think part of <laughs> yeah. that almost came out of like a, it's like hard to describe. It's like you are lining up outside to get this beverage that you literally need to function. You cannot even complete any of the work that you need to complete until you have this beverage. And the power is in my hands. And then you are like, it's so funny. Like coffee is like a a drug that people are addicted to that they, most people need to even be alive. Me, me. And then, which is cool. I love that. But then you're going and like telling me or like, thinking of me as someone that's not worth anything. Right. Yeah. But I am the person that's make coffee is like a massive culture in New Zealand. Yes. So is food. So is all hospitality. Most people like to enjoy those things and would see those things, like see their lives as being missing something without them. Right. So I think it's so ridiculous that we look down on the people that offer us those services. Well, not only that, but how many other jobs do we look down on? You know, yeah. People Everything. that collect our rubbish. You exactly. Know, people that work like at the gas station. Absolutely. You know? Society, like, yeah. function. Like, it wouldn't, yeah. It wouldn't function without that. You would not right. function without this coffee. So yes. don't, But like, we would function for, without yeah. most of those corporate fuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sure. It's just, <laughs> uh, and that's them. what that, like, the, the chorus line is like, I give you therapy, you give me 450. Right. It's just, you know. That's quite a funny I'm one. I'm getting that's paid minimum wage to keep you alive. Yeah. Drama dump on me. Like, thanks, yeah, buddy. Yeah. But I, I, get, yeah. getting back to um, Bright, I, I again, it, it's obviously, well, I assume it's a comment on the business and the struggle getting into the business and working it all out. Mm-hmm. The, the line that I've highlighted is, um, how will I make it to the top when every road sign screams to stop, which yeah. seems to align mm. quite a lot with, a, you know, a lot of conversations at the moment. It's like that, man. Like, I've been, so I've been doing music for professionally for, I'd say, about 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And it's been a series of flaming hoops. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. What, what's a flaming hoop? <laughs> it's like a, it's a circus act, right? You have to oh, jump okay. through it and it becomes harder if there's two. Ah, gotcha, and yeah. Like it feels like releasing you. a song. Well, maybe aligning stars is probably a more common phrase. Mm. Mm. All the stars have to align for the song to succeed or mm. all the uh, stars have to align for you to get funding or mm-hmm. you know like yep. or, or for the band to go well or i like for flaming hoops now the, that you're, yeah i, I know i mean it, it, it is it is that's kind of what it feels like right yeah. like you have to jump through these like dangerous financial uh mm. flaming hoops because you're like well let's throw some money at it or like let's try let's try another song and see how this one does and it, it can be tricky man yeah mm-hmm. no for sure i don't even know what the it's question funny is how the song <laughs> this is like kind of getting sidetracked but i reckon this song has become more relevant to you over time yes like this is like i initially was literally sitting on my bed in mm. my bed socks and this is one of the first songs I wrote for Marmalade. I was having this massive... Can I jump in? Yeah. yeah. I, I read that lyric and I'm like, what a bed socks. Everybody's been <laughs> oh, asking that. Everybody's, really? yeah, everybody has been asking socks. that. They're like, hilarious. you know those really fluffy socks that you get? Like, they're just really fluffy and they're not the kind of socks that you'd wear with your shoes, but you wear them around the house. They're like not oh. slippers. They're like socks, but they're super fuzzy. I don't know, but I, oh. I want to get some now. Uh, it's I like, it's yeah. because your mum makes them. This is why. <laughs> No one knows. So no, you think this no, is normal? No, that's not but... even what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I thought that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My he doesn't even know. I don't, I don't even know so what that is. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's basically just a sock that's like fuzzy that you would right. wear around the house to keep yourself warm. Right. And probably not like out in public. They sound fantastic. 
They're, yeah, yeah they you are. get some. I'm going to lock some up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, I won't be able to find them probably. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you afterwards. Okay. Um, but it was one of the first things that I tried to write for Marmalade. And at, the, at this time, like my music that I'd written previously is sort of like folk, acoustic, folk, pop. Mm-hmm. And I was having this like, I don't know, existential crisis, mom, this band crisis of like, oh my gosh, how do I write music for a band? And getting way too much in my head of like, I, I'm just a folk artist. Like, oh, this is all too sad. Like, what am I going to write for a band? So I just kind of like started the lyrics. Like I've been sitting here on my bed socks one, and then wondering if we will become a rock star. And then at the beginning, I was like, oh, is that kind of grungy? And then I was like, oh, no, nah. I'll just keep going. Cause I remember something that, that you like, were so unsure about rock star. Yeah, it's something that I yeah. like really have been trying to do for a long time is like you really have to like be conscious of when writer's block is at your door Mm -hmm. and you have to like say no sir so like at that moment you go oh maybe it's too cringe no just keep going keep writing that song and you never know what's going to happen yeah and so i wrote i think the rest of the verse and then maybe some of like a weird pre that's probably not the same as what it is now. Like it, mm. I probably had some kind of chorus that isn't what it is now, but mm-hmm. I remember that that, that pre chorus was in a completely t- different time signature. Some weird stuff yeah, was going on weird. and we were like, Hey, let's make this a bit easier. Yeah, so, so it was, was something random, translate. but like along those lines. And then I would have, I can like picture it. I would have walked into the lounge, like Liam will come and have been hovering, like, Hey guys, uh, I think I wrote something marmalady. <laughs> and then everyone would have stopped what they were doing and come into the lounge. In there. <laughs> and then we would have like taken it, taken it from there. <laughs> yeah. um, I agree though. You have to push through the, like, man, what I learned is that you can always change things. Yes. Just exactly. write it down, carry on, don't get stuck on it. And yeah. you know, you've got months probably usually before you record it. You can, yeah, change, yeah. You can change it later, but Rockstar fits yeah. great. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's honest. That's what I mm. like about it. It's yeah, a, it is. I mean, it's what we're all in the music industry, at least, mm. is what we're all trying to do, or, yeah. or 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 have tried to do, or whatever. In my case, um, yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. And it's it's honest, and I and I don't know how many people are actually singing about that. I mean, to mm. me, that's why it seems like such an innovative lyric. <laughs> it's getting yeah. right to the heart of it, you know. It's almost like very Kiwi to like not address what everyone's actually going through, and right. to just pretend that everything's all Absolutely. fantastic and, and, and wonderful. Like the and music, easy. the music <laughs> industry is even more like that's like another scoop on top. You know, mm. it's like the cherry on top. It's like even even more that like. Oh, we're all loving this and we're all doing fine and <laughs> and now like, it's been awesome over the last couple of years to really and and like you say it's it's been it's been like an awesome song for mm. me I think um but over the last few years that the New Zealand music industry has just like come forth so much with like hey like let's have maybe have an HR department for music because we need it and right. I haven't uh, heard about that well and it's just kind of the you know soundcheck Aotearoa and uh, and those kind of um, institutions that come around and and just that we need looking after as much yeah. as anyone else. Um, you're, you're, I mean, I understand what you're saying. And it's interesting for me because 20 years ago, I was frustrated that everything felt superficial. And mm. I was talking about anything real, not just in the business, mm. just just also just in general, you know. Yeah, it sure. felt like a very sort of a shallow culture in many ways. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I used to think, man, I wish people would be more honest and open and that kind of stuff. And now we're here and now it feels like everyone's shouting all the time. Yeah. <laughs> everything feels really dark and angry all the yeah. time. And yeah. I'm thinking maybe we could go back to it. <laughs> to just pretending middle, everything was okay. Maybe yeah. it wasn't that bad. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's the song is also about that feeling of like wondering whether you need to be inauthentic to to get to where you want to be. It's mm. like really easy to go to yeah. things and be like, "Cool, if I make like extreme pop music and look a certain way and act a certain way and have a certain online presence, then I have a chance." Right. <laughs> if I force myself yeah. into these boxes, the hoops won't be And on so fire, for me, like, you know? the bridge section is kind of like the main questions, which is, will I ever actually make it? Mm. Like, will I have to break it? Like, will I have to break myself to even get there? Will yeah. I have to fake it? Will I have to be a completely different person in order to get there? And when I get there, will I end up hating it? Like, will I even <laughs> like it when I right. get there? And where because is there? We're, like, well, I guess what that, that could be anything for anybody, but yeah. I feel like there's a lot and of... you never get there. When you get yeah, there, yeah. you're already like... <laughs> five steps mentally yep. five looking five steps ahead like oh actually that's where i want to be mm. moving targets yeah that's what yeah. it is yeah i feel like i've seen you know even some like netflix documentaries or whatever where uh, massive artists have like you know made it air quotes mm-hmm. in the sense that what everyone would perceive them to have made it but they're actually like exhausted never spend mm. time with their family yep. you know like that's what i mean like you have this idea as a kid and even now like oh my god i want to do this 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 and this yes you do but will i 
where you you know you have this perception of being like so fulfilled with joy when you get to those things mm. it's not always true and so i feel like i'm just trying to live now with joy like being joyous yep. over um we did a like interview with calvin culverwell who um is like the well-being facilitator out of parachute music mm. and oh, yeah. cool. um something that he said is like just celebrate celebrate your wins and i right. feel like i've been trying to do that more with bright it's like trying to sit and be like it's so cool that we've released our debut single mm. and i love the song and 14 year old me would be like what the hell you're on spotify <laughs> and here i am like spotify doesn't even pay us that no. you know <laughs> like yeah. you know it's you gotta true. like yeah, yeah, yeah it's just true but yeah. you gotta like take the wins and actually just be like this is cool where i am yeah. is cool and you're, even uh, though uh, i want to achieve xyz like i've already done some stuff just be proud of where you are and yeah. and, and gratitude you yeah know? i mean it's also good to talk openly and complain about things and whatever you know that's mm. also legit sure. and honest Definitely. but gratitude's really important mm. um and those targets do move i mean uh, for me i changed um i was thinking about how everyone's talking about making a living mm. and i just changed the word to life you know make a focus on making a life not making sure. a living. yeah yeah, yeah. focus on oh, making yeah. a life then it's not all about money it's just about what do you want to do when you wake up each day? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. And um, that, it's, a, it's amazing how that actually retunes everything, you know, because then you kind of go, well, I don't really want to go through that, you know. Like a lot of musicians and stuff we've had on the podcast have said they toured for a while and they went, I don't want to tour. I, I don't want to be in a rubbish hotel mm. and playing a yep. rubbish gig somewhere. And um, Joel Haynes was one of them. He was mm. He's a great guitar player. Mm. Um, and he was talking about, I think he was about, 18 or something where he figured that out and then he decided to be a studio guy yeah and now he makes soundtracks and he's awesome yeah it's great hey you yeah you no 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 not behind you you are you a small business trying to get things done with limited time and resources overflow support is here to lend a helping hand with admin tasks large or small paying for full-time or part-time staff when you just need a bit of extra help isn't really achievable for a lot of businesses with Overflow support, you just book the time you need when you need it. Find out more at overflowsupport.co.nz. So on, on your email, um, one thing I thought was funny, you said, we're full-time musos hustling, and then you said in brackets, I hate the word. <laughs> and I thought, why? What's wrong with hustling? Oh, there's just like, it's kind of um, it's kind of along the lines that you're what you're saying is, um, you know, actually kind of what you're saying, Jamila, that if you fit yourself into a box and you tell everybody that um, you love doing this and you could keep doing this forever, then maybe more opportunities will, will come your way. Mm. And the hustle culture, it just irks me calling it hustling because often it, it is to do with stuff that doesn't make money, mm-hmm. um, which devalues the industry in my opinion. Right. I don't know. I'm just kind of racing through these, what I think. But, yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah. But yeah, hustling... Uh, we, this is work for us. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we full-time work. So it's not even work. This is, I mean, not hustling. This is actual, our full-time job. I see what you mean. So you've got a different definition of hustling to me. Cause to me, hustling is just like working and doing yeah. a bunch of stuff and I, whatever. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Th- yeah. like, it's interesting. Actually, the same word can have different meanings for different yeah. Completely. Mm-hmm. I Completely. like hear that and agree with that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, to me, what's negative about hustling is that people don't look after their well-being. Yes. Exactly. And, there's this like hustle culture that's like you should be working from like the crack of dawn till like the middle of the night. And if you're not doing that, people like, it's almost like a competition. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm so tired. I only got eight hours of sleep. Oh, I only got four hours of sleep. Congrats. <laughs> okay, like, pissing contest. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and it, it should be like the other way around. Like, oh, I got 10 hours of sleep. Oh my God, congrats, bro. Looking after yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah. well done. I, I think I, I, I had this realization a few years back. You know, how a lot of people like to, talk about being really busy like it's some kind of medal or something or exactly. achievement i've been so busy that's exactly yeah. so, and that's then exactly, i realized yeah. one day that every time i say that what i'm sort of saying is i'm rubbish at time management <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so then I, I try i mean i i am often quite busy but um i try to uh, to change that now i haven't been very busy i've been very organized you know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly it's a sense yeah. of like I mean, I, you, you, I didn't even write this email, but <laughs> uh, I, I went off we on it. I remember this. Like, I remember this email so yeah. so vividly. It was hilarious writing it. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I just so do funny. think that like hustling is cool, but there is just definitely this culture that's um, surrounds it. That's like if you're not hustling, you're not working hard enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, if exactly, it's it's you can still work hard enough and actually look after yourself. Exactly, and yeah. if you're not like every 
pretty much every muso and every creative is probably had burnout or is yeah. currently burned out. It's and such an important point, especially with the mental health issues yeah, we have. You know, you've got to like. I mean, you you've got to be aware of that and actually figure how to be sustainable in what yeah. you do and not just be like working, crashing, working, crashing, working, crashing. Because then eventually you will actually actually burn out That's and you right. will be unable to physically do anything at all. Exactly. Yeah. So you're 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 saying you wanted to. Um, chat about the industry and your place in it, which I thought was a nice way of framing oh, it. Oh, I just know that, you know that that's what kind of sums up the podcast. So right. I, I was like, that's aside from, because it was so funny. Like, yes, it started off as a pitching music uh, podcast. And now I realized, wait, hold up. Jamil and I are both super active in the industry. Mm. Like we're, we're, what we do is work. This is really what we should be talking about rather than, <laughs> I mean, this is more applicable is what I thought. Um, but yeah, uh, we both work full time in the industry and uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, like you say, keeps us busy. Yeah. Um, as long as we are, you know, manage our time well. How do you see yourself, your place in it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't even know if I'm in the industry. Yeah, you that's know, like, what I mean. <laughs> so, like, I, I just call it the industry, which is such a vague term. But yeah. Like, like what I was saying earlier, we're we're jack of all trade, or jacks plural of all trade. Um, jack is a female name. Jacques, I don't know. Anyway, um, Jack and Jill. Yeah, we're Jack and Jill of the uh, of the music industry. Sure. No, but but what what I mean is that um, I, I've always I've always always really liked not doing one thing. I, mm. If I do one thing, it really bores me, and I love the many sides of the music industry. So, right, um, I help out with events and festivals. Um, I produce uh, music uh, for other people, but also for my own band. Um, I mix other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really master. Um, no shade mastering is great um, gosh what else I play some session stuff every blue moon mm-hmm. do some managing stuff yes uh, I book for artists so that's kind of something I've been working on for a while now trying to make that more of a priority mm-hmm. um, but that's been really rewarding actually booking opportunities for other artists because I can't always book things for myself because it's mm. just not applicable right um, and then seeing other artists grow so i think um i could easily see myself going into a management or um, artist advisory sort of uh, yeah yeah direction yeah yeah i feel like i don't know if i'm in the industry either sometimes i feel (laughs) like i am and sometimes i feel like i'm not right i feel like sometimes when i'm at like an event um like i went to the silver scrolls with marty duda from the 13th floor to do some interviews Mm -hmm. and uh I had like written a, I'd said something about Tammy Nielsen's new song on uh, this Uptown Lowdown show that we were doing with the 13th floor at the time. And we went to interview her and she gave me a hug and she was like, oh my gosh, I love what you said about my song. And I was like, oh, oh wow. my gosh, she like remembered my name. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like so funny. And it was just like in those moments, I feel like I'm part of the industry because yeah, yeah. I'm like there to represent a part of the industry. Right. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm involved in this. And then at other po- points, I really feel disconnected from it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. I'm like, please let me be part of the industry, but I'm like struggling to be a part of it because there's yeah. not a lot of, there's not a lot of opportunities, like actual full-time job opportunities. No. Um, well, I that, think uh, my theory yeah. is a lot of people feel like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my theory is most people feel like that. Probably. You know? and, I, and imposter syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. also to what we were saying before about people putting out a perception of their experience, mm. you know, which is obviously it's sort of a social media thing, you know, yeah. we, we paint this version of ourselves that isn't really real. And everyone else believes it, even though we know the dynamic. You know, well, it's hilarious. My yeah. Facebook just got hacked, and now I'm Robert Downey Jr. on Facebook. So, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't think anyone will believe that I'm Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I just have this feeling, like uh, you know, I I don't know who who is out there who's going. I am in the music industry. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, guess. I, I think it's it's more. It's not so much like, hey, look at me, I'm in the industry. It's more so like a taking pride in your place in the industry and it's kind of what you were saying before like when mm. an artist comes up to you and says like hey thanks so much for including me in in uh, you know your newsletter that you write for other music lovers in new zealand like okay now you're actually serving mm. the musicians in new zealand and music lovers in new zealand and mm. with the podcast that we were doing the uptown lowdown and what we're working on at the moment the ins and outs of uh music and these panels that we've been running it, it's really surfing the music industry mm. and 
Yeah, I, I, I yeah, and and musicians in in the industry. I feel like mm. I'm mostly part of the industry in a music journalism sense. I've done some writing mm. for the Thirteenth Floor yeah. and NZ Musician, and that makes me feel like I'm part of. Yeah, like making that circle go around, doing something exactly. for other people. I'd love to be in the industry in more of a like PR and media sense. That's right. something I'm like leaning into, but it's, That's fun, uh, there's a, not a lot of like it's kind of tricky to find work in that area. Yeah, um, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Like I'd love to. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just keen to help other musicians. It's so funny though because like stuff. we have so many ideas, <laughs> and we're so keen to like. I don't know, create work where there is none that we're like, Oh, maybe we should set up our own label or maybe we should set up our own PR business. And it's like, no, we do not have the capacity at the <laughs> to go and dive headfirst into some, yeah, another project yeah. because it yeah. will start off as a passion project. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's yeah. Yeah. yeah for uh, me, yeah. yeah. For me, the music industry is like anything surrounding the music scene that isn't actually like performing, mm. playing or writing music because that's like yeah, it's still in the music industry but that's like a, you're a performer in that sense right, like rather than like the industry is almost everything that surrounds that everything that allows that to exist yeah. that like yeah create makes the circle go around which is like everything from promoting music to putting on gigs to yeah putting on events to radio to podcasting like exactly yeah, anything. Yeah. Yeah. well i saw you last at auckland uni of course so now mm. you've had a few years i know it's been the pandemic as well but you've had a few years going into the industry so What's been the biggest surprise to you as you've, you know, what you thought about the industry going in versus mm. to what you've discovered about it? Nice. Good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> That's a great question. It's such, um, a, it's such a chasm sometimes after uni. I don't yeah. know. I think the music industry is both bigger and smaller than mm. I thought it was and both friendlier and unfriendlier. <laughs> wow. Okay. I know that's like a weird, yeah. that's like not really very helpful to say. But like, not only when I was at uni, I was also living on Waiheke where I grew up. So I had oh, a wow. very um, sort of sheltered perspective of the music industry. I, did, well, I didn't even know anything about the music industry sure. because yeah. I was just a little old Waiheke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the most surprising thing. Um, I Probably how small it is actually. Mm. And because you have this perception when you're like, have no idea about anything in it that like, it's the most biggest dog that you need to like, meet or that and like this concept that like one person will unlock the key to right. everything yeah. and that's yeah. like really not true at all no. like it's it's a really slow process of just meeting people and creating connections mm -hmm. and that it, the music industry isn't this like secret place <laughs> it's actually everywhere and it's very accessible it, yeah. the, the industry the word industry makes it feel like you need like a vip passcode to be right. part yeah, of something right. which is exactly yeah. what we're talking about right like i don't yeah. feel like we're part of the industry it's like we <laughs> yeah. are part of the industry we're fully we if you're fully doing are. any yeah. work in the capacity of that space you are in the music industry right and so i had this idea that like one day i would meet someone and they would do something or i would do something and mm. then i would feel part of the music industry but that, that is like, the fantasy that's yeah, constantly thrown at us definitely. through movies and whatever you know yeah it's the like same you, with being an artist like you have this yeah. concept that like you'll you'll break it and one yeah. day you'll be like boom actually yeah. it's just like a very slow process it, it used to be you do the pub gig and there'll be some suit at the back of the yeah. pub <laughs> who yeah. comes up and goes great job boys here's your contract you know and yeah. then you wait for the money you know but i guess the but, suits are still uh, around in that sense you know like big labels th those are still that's i suppose the the big overarching and unattainable mm. uh, well i was going to ask that's goal, actually that's right? sitting on my list right here is when <laughs> and back in my day everyone wanted a record deal but do, do people still want record deals i mean are they even a thing sometimes it's kind of crazy with record deals now since tiktok has come in uh i know that record deals have just gone um have fluctuated heaps so mm. Um, in in percentage wise, so right, like you get an offer and it's like, hey, we'll take x x amount from your from your credits, blah blah blah. Um, that is now wildly more debatable. Like you you can actually sort of, or you mean negotiable? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, that's the word I was looking mm. for. Exactly. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you can negotiate about like, hey, actually, look, I've just exploded. There's other labels at my door. Mm. Why don't you just do it for? half of what you're offering <laughs> you know um so i like I mean, that negotiation i mean look I, I don't i don't know what i'm talking about here i'm not <laughs> i'm not signed to any label i haven't actually interacted with pretty much any label uh, other than maybe through the 13th floor a little bit right literally on the on the receiving end of press kit so i'm not even sending in mm -hmm. anything to the label so uh but but 
Yes. But what's the yeah. what's the perceived path? If you know, I, I know it's a lot to yeah. sort of ask you to represent. You know, your generation. But mm. <laughs> I think that there's definitely an indie movement that's happening where mm. people yes. are more keen to do things without record labels. Right. But good. Like, which I think is really awesome. But I think there's also this realization that sort of occurs. We're like you don't really also you also don't really have the capacity to do everything mm. so you kind of at some point need to outsource something even yep. if it's not having a record label right. and a record label is a very easy like not easy but say financially easy way to do things because if you do get signed by a record label they basically pay for everything up front so your success can be like more what do you call it like yeah yeah, just Mm. like increase faster because you suddenly have all this money that you can spend right now and Mm. it it can well like a label will often come with that team so essentially being an independent musician is really cool and everybody's like yeah you can totally do it and there's more examples now of people doing it independently but Mm. exactly what you're saying they have a team around them who are now helping out with um, whether it's their graphic design mm. or maybe if someone's taking over for their social media or but if you, taking if on you their cons- tour. If you consider the fact that a, a standard record, like I don't even know if those deals exist anymore mm. where they pay for everything up front. I think usually you're delivering a completed product and then they put it out most yeah, of the time, sure. unless you're yeah. one of the very few. But um, in, in the old deals, they would take something like, 88 percent and then recoup the cost out of your percent yes um you know and that and for the artists that were signed globally the fail rate was like about 98 to 99 percent out of signed bands i think that's still reasonably common yeah in terms of like taking a large percentage of and then like you have to pay that back as, as a band but i think independently um the trajectory i think is to be independent but to expand the team who can potentially help us as we enlarge you know get maybe getting a booking agent or outsourcing PR right so still being in charge of like what we're doing but yep. just having more people to help us actually manage the money so the, the difficult question though that I, I think about with a lot of people is how do you expect to make money you know when things mm. work out like I mean obviously Spotify doesn't pay like you said yeah a record deal if you got that kind of deal wouldn't actually really no. work out financially I mean are you thinking is it about building the audience and making the money on the shows or like how, how do you sort of see that working yeah, I think we're still figuring that out. I mean, it's right. kind of, I think I see one. music in two ways. One thing, I'm just, I, I freaking love it. And yep. I want to make music and I want to put it out in the world. And I want to, as long as that's not like breaking the bank, mm. like I'm happy for those things to make even. And then I'm like just trying to pursue another thing. But yep. at the same time, it would also be nice to make some money. <laughs> yeah, I guess the question is how to make money with music is um, very difficult Mm. right like it's going to be Mm. uh you're in yeah really off the bat you're in the wrong business if you're trying to make money with music there's got to be a love first and foremost and lucky for us there is otherwise we wouldn't be doing it (laughs) um but but in saying that yes spotify is never gonna pay you no way no and and even if their stats are like hey look at us we paid ten thousand artists like more than a million it's like great i love that kanye got that Mm. that's great for him (laughs) but we're not going to get that for a long long time and i'm not even counting on that so uh, i'm happy to not be sour about it there's really cool platforms like um that offer more direct support from fans like Mm. uh bandcamp and patreon yep so setting up those are really cool but other than that yeah playing shows and merch uh Mm. and of course selling merchandise Mm. at that show whether it's tape cd vinyl or t-shirts you know clothing or whatever tote bags Mm. or something uh and of course sync yeah like if your if your song you know lands a big tv ad or something so yeah yeah, i mean there's there's that potential but um before before when you were talking about all the different roles that you're involved (laughs) in what it was funny because just a couple of days ago i was talking to somebody and i mentioned um i just mentioned in context that i had been full-time with music for 20 years yeah and um and they went, yeah, but you do, you know, you do those, you know, you do the other stuff. Like you teach and you, you know, play in covers bands and mm-hmm. you, you sort of like, it was almost like, yeah, but you're not really doing it. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Because you're doing yeah. it. And, and it was funny because when I was in my early twenties, I was like, how am I going to make money? How am I going to make a career? And I met this guy 
who had done it. And I was like, what? You've done it? How do you do it? And he said, the way you do it is you have multiple streams of income. Yeah, so he goes, yeah. you can't make money, or, you can't make enough money off one of these things, you know? Mm, exactly. So he was doing um, all of those. He was in covers bands. He was doing session work. He was, do- he was just doing everything. Yeah. And he managed to pull it off. And I'm like, this guy's a genius. I copied his model and that's how I did it. Yeah. Um, to me, that's the answer. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. it's almost like people don't want to accept that. As being well, it, yeah. it's whatever, <laughs> it's whatever you can do, right? Yeah. I, I, I could never imagine myself playing covers for a living. I Mm -hmm. think that would, it's kind of coming back to if I would keep doing the same thing, it would get really boring Mm -hmm. and playing a cover of a song. I can maybe do that once. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) But if you're someone that does that, you can actually make more money than you think. And that is one instrument. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one stream of income. Exactly. Yeah. I suppose you don't have to, you know, like for for me, for me also the covers thing was like, this is an opportunity to play more and get better Mm, as a musician. I can invest money in my gear because now I'm making more money out of it. For sure. You know, so you can, other of course, perks. yeah, yeah. Write that off as your business, and you don't have to play wagon wheel. <laughs> no, 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 no. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I, I suppose, it, I, I suppose, I, I thought the question was, how do you make money uh, with your own music? So right, that's those ah, kind of yeah. two, mm, it, two, mm. two those streams. Very different things. Very different. Because yeah. yeah, it's the same. It's like yeah, we we make music like for Marmalade. Mm. That's we're not really we're seeing we're hoping that that will at like just be something that supports itself exactly. for a while. That's the mm. goal. And that, there's other things that we're doing in music, like all the other things we mentioned in the right. music industry yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that are like <laughs> That's potentially going to be yeah. paying more. Mm, mm. I used to do a lot of cover gigs on Waiheke and they paid decently, but it was just, I just started to get mind numbingly bored. Yeah. Um, and as a band, it's five times as much time that you'd be sinking into learning things. Right. And we just barely have enough time to even practice to do our own shows. So it's important that we, direct that time into making and doing our own music um mm. some band like the rooms they actually do a lot of cover gigs and they they're really awesome at doing that yeah but just because all of them equally want to do that as much and put that time like have the time to put exactly. their time into it and then they get money out of it whereas i think even though like i really love music i ultimately love making and sharing my own music right and I get a lot of joy from that and I don't get a lot of joy from, I love co- covering a cert, like I love covering songs, but yeah. I just don't like playing to a room full of people who aren't listening. Right. Mm, it just yeah. doesn't serve me at all. And they're in just fact, there it to makes sing me feel... along to say wagon wheel. They're, they're <laughs> a song that they want to hear and they're kind of just waiting around until then and probably getting upset because you didn't play wagon mm. wheel. Right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. It makes me feel like kind of worthless. Like as yeah. someone who writes lyrics, I want people to listen to them and yes. to say, oh, I feel heard, or, oh, that explains something that I didn't know how to say. There's definitely a dancing yeah. clown vibe to being a yeah. cover, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, for me, I, I, the way that I framed it for myself was that I had rubbish jobs in the past that I hated, mm. <laughs> and I did that to make money because I was struggling and whatever, right? Sure. Um, now I'm in music, and, well, most jobs have the rubbish bit. You know, so oh, yeah. there's the fun bit and then there's the rubbish mm. bit. I get I get to do the exciting things and then sometimes I play a gig that's not that awesome. Yeah. yeah. But either way, I'm in music, so that's all right. Yeah. You know? um, yeah but I suppose actually to, to throw a full curve or 180 back to what yeah. you were saying earlier and that rather than, you know, doing music to make a living, it's to make a life, I guess. Yes. Exactly. So making with our own, like or with music in my mind, like. I only, <laughs> you only live once, but no, you do. And I, I honestly, I really, I, I, so often I'm, I'm thinking financially like, ah, crap, like I'm not making enough or mm. uh, whatever. Like I'm, I'm a jack of all trades and I'm never going to be the best at like one specific job and someone's always going to be better than me, blah, blah, blah. And all those insecurities. But I'm having a ton of fun just doing music and my, my own music that is. And releasing that recording that you know all that stuff absolutely um and that's like so much more valuable to me especially at this moment i'm sure that when i'm 80 i'm gonna be like oh man i really wish you'd build up a pension but you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah, no i completely agree with that Mm. totally i just i don't think the two need to um alienate each other yes Mm. you know i I mean i've never i mean i know that a lot of artists see it that way you're Mm. either all about the music or you're all about the money and i was like i'm just about both you know like me making money doesn't threaten my love of music yeah they're just two different puzzles to figure out i almost i personally feel like there needs to be some detachment between the two Mm -hmm. because if the thing you love becomes too much of your job Mm. it stops being the thing you love in some capacity i think that like 
Uh, I used to play violin when I was a kid, and I used to have to practice every morning for fifteen minutes, and I hated it. <laughs> it's a chore. And I and I quit it, and yeah. I start I started violin I started guitar, and then I quit violin. And I remember saying to my mom really stubbornly, like, she was like, "Oh, you're gonna practice." today and i was like no i'm only practicing when i want to because if you make me practice i'm gonna hate it and yeah. i want to like it because i really like it that's really insightful <laughs> and, for and, a I, kid. and i think yeah. that, that that rings true for me <laughs> like i could sit down every day and force myself to do things mm. but you know there is, you do have to have some self-discipline and some organization and right. that's obviously important but there's like an extent i think to making something you love your job and being aware that you still need to keep a love for it because yeah that's why you started it and it's okay to like like you say it's okay to have something else that yeah. is your main income income and for yeah. a lot of people it's probably a good idea yeah because like you say like it's actually it's hard making a living in music mm. so maybe for some people not necessarily for you or me or whatever but for some people it's like let's just keep this as a fun thing and just go to work you mm. know and yep. maybe that's the best solution yeah um there's just no playbook that we mm. all have to follow yeah i'd rather yeah. make music that i want to make and yeah. perform shows that i want to perform than change the way i write or change the gigs that i perform yeah. in order to make more money Cause, yeah exactly yeah it's just well it's i mean really cool to throw a to, see, mm. to do both yeah to throw a compliment at you um um the music industry has changed so much and it's in you know such a different state now than it was so many years ago and um i think what we need to accept is that it's it's sort of gone away like the what mm. the, un, the way that we've understood the music industry to be whether it was even like that in the first place i don't know but <laughs> nice, but it's yeah. sort of gone away and i think we're now building mm. we've got to be entrepreneurial we've got to be innovative um and we can't refer back to to the stereotype or the idealism or anything like that we've just got to problem solve and move forwards mm. you know and you mm. guys seem to be doing that like you're asking the right questions and it's an it's an intelligent conversation that you're having rather, so. uh, rather than idealistic. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's so. more realistic <laughs> to be that way. I think. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, not to say that dreaming is bad. You should not always keep yeah. dreaming. Yeah. But um, yeah. Oh, this kind of brings it back to Kelvin again. But he was saying that five year plan that you know so people underestimate what they can do in five years. Oh, what uh, overestimate it? what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in five years. It's beautiful. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. 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 I, d I, I try and be realistic. I think it comes from um, all of those comments from people like, oh, well, what are you going to do? Or how are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, right. It's like, yeah, yes, I have this dream of doing this thing and this is how I'm going to achieve it in the capacity that I can mm. in the timeline that I can. Um, that's the way I see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, many, many episodes ago, probably a couple of years ago, we had Bonnie Hurunui on the on the show from True. Whitechapel Jack. Mm. Yeah. And she um, is such a smart person. Like mm. She's got such a grounded way of looking at things. Cool. And she was in a corporate job, and I think she was already maybe in her late 30s or something, and she just went, I want to do something else. So she went and decided to pursue a music career and just treated it like a logical sort of step-by-step -step problem solving thing and yeah. gradually built it up mm. and they're killing yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and she's so yeah. happy and bubbly and in and great you know um and i, I don't know I, I found her to be really inspiring so i mean i think there are people like that who are doing it and mm. yeah yeah it's really cool actually every time we go to this uh NZ music month summit there's always new things you learn and i think last year uh they had both jono from the biths and tammy nielsen who are self-managed uh, at the time, and independent um, queen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mostly mean like they were talking about tours as investments, in mm. which is so relatable. Like you yep. can't just expect to go to the other side of the country or the other side of the world and expect people to know your songs and pay top dollar for it. They won't. Right. You mm. have to first show it to them. Like, <laughs> yeah. So you know, if if you're playing shows in in whatever Auckland and you want to go to Wellington, it's really cool to first just like lose some money on it at to, with the idea that later on you can make that money back or, exactly yeah you know it's yeah. really hard to get started in music and not go through a phase of investment yeah totally <laughs> totally yeah, yeah. For sure. think, it's 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 funny because you for, people forget and people don't perceive it like a business it, you're right. starting your own business and you are. any exactly, business yeah. in any other field is an investment before you're making profit of yes. it for potentially quite a long time music yeah. is the same you're you're starting your own business from scratch mm -hmm. nothing exists and you have to build up like a following the same way you would with a cafe or a restaurant. Exactly. Or Do you know how excited I am else? to hear you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I think I 
<laughs> after all these years, I think I've got artist fatigue. You know, yeah, yeah. I've been around like flaky artists all my life and I'm just mm. getting so tired of these conversations and don't go anywhere, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, um, it's so exciting to talk to people who are like, this is a business. So I just want to get my shit together. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the best yeah. way to think about it. Look, if, if you don't, like, you're going to be surprised all the time. Yeah. And yeah, they're not going to be fun surprises. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're still figuring out how to do it as a business. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it definitely having that awareness, I think... It's like helps managing your expectations, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. the biggest um, one, I think. And yeah, just being smart about it. And uh, it's everyone in the band sort of has a similar perspective, yeah. like a similar understanding of that, which is really helpful. Well, that's great. Well, and I know you have to go in a minute. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's been it's been great chatting. And the song is awesome, by the way. Mm. And and the writing, the lyrics, as, as I've already said, and um, also the production is awesome. Like oh, I mean, thanks, man. it's it's it feels like it's really well arranged, but it's also loose and it doesn't feel like it's been over engineered in any way. Um, yeah, so definitely kudos not to you. Kudos to you yeah, yeah, thanks yeah. so much. It's really nice to to hear. Uh, sometimes you get you know you get the the cool, fun, excited comments at gigs and stuff. But I really appreciate someone who takes someone a deep who's dive. Like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. cool. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. Well, best of luck to you and keep in touch. Thanks, yeah, thanks man. so much. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for so having us on. Yeah. If you find what we're doing useful and you like this podcast, please do like, share and subscribe and give us a review on iTunes.